What up, everyone? Welcome to the Twice Over Movies podcast. I'm your host, Faraz. Today is our discussion episode for The Fountain. This was a listener-suggested film. So, if you have a suggestion for us, hit us up at The Twice Over on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, and we will take it into consideration. Make sure you are subscribed to our podcast so you don't miss any new episodes. Generally, on Mondays we release our spoiler-free previews, and on Thursdays we release our discussion episodes. Check out our feed on your podcast app for all of our previous episodes, which include movies such as La La Land, A Serious Man, Prisoners, Into the Wild, 1917, Parasite, and many others. Alright, so here is our discussion for The Fountain with myself, Fahad, and our special guest, Usher. Okay, so let's let's get some things um, easier to talk about. So Rachel Wise exists as Izzy and the Queen, right? Yeah, the Queen in the yeah. past, the old uh, timeline where she's the Queen of Spain. Hugh Jackman, he plays Tommy in present day, conquistador in uh, whatever. The Spain timeline. Yeah. And then I want to call it Space Monk. Do you guys want to agree on those terms or you want to change it up a little bit? <laughs> sure. Space sure. Monk is fine. Space Monk is fine? All right. Okay, so this is what I would say. By the way, I, I want to interject uh, because I, I, I'm not entirely sure I would use or that I would say three timelines. And um, the reason is because I think there's just two timelines. There's the present and then there's a future. But then there's a separate, and I don't know if I'd call it a timeline. All right, so we have three stories, right? We have the story that we're going to call reality, which is Tommy and his wife, Izzy. And she is dying from a brain tumor. And... Tommy is a scientist, a doctor, and he's trying to find a cure for like a disease for brain tumors Mm -hmm. or for tumors in general. And then we have the story of the conquistador, which is really a story that Izzy is writing. She's writing a novel. What I thought was like those two are pretty straightforward. It's pretty clear and it's easy to follow along. I just thought the whole story that Izzy is writing, the conquistador one, Mm-hmm. That story serves its purpose to provide us a backstory for the third time, um, third story, which is the space monk one. All right. And this is where my question is. Sure. <laughs> the, the space monk, what do you think that story is? I have my theory on what it is, but what is it? So to me, that whole space monk story, it's very enigmatic, right? So it's this guy floating in this spherical spaceship with a tree which is the tree of life and he's flying through space and he's flying towards Shibalba, which Izzy had mentioned earlier is the place Mayans believe where all dead souls go to, to be reborn. So mm-hmm. in my view, this space monk, what he's trying to achieve is to bring this tree, which is symbolic of Izzy. Izzy has become this tree essentially. And he's trying to take her to Shibalba where she can be reborn. And he's trying to achieve like an immortal life with her to relive, you know, what he had in present day, what present day Tommy had. Well, he missed out on, well, Izzy died, right? So he's trying to yeah. Yeah, revive her, I guess. Um, okay. So that's a story within, um, that's the objective of Space Monk, Tommy. But I don't view it as a separate timeline. I don't think it's continuous. So I see that as more of a, a metaphorical story going on within Tommy. It's not actually happening. How do you guys feel mm. it? So I think I think generally, um, so yeah, you, like you said, right? I mean, I don't know if it's a tree of life. I think it's just her because at the end of the movie, he plants a seed. And, and we know that when she talks about um, her, her guide, her Mayan guide, and he says that um, 
Um, my, if you dig up my father's grave, you're not going to see him. He kind of grew into the wood of the tree, this and that. And I mean, like you said, right, this symbolic of Izzy, I think uh, it actually is Izzy uh, yeah, to this guy. In a, in a way, because that's Izzy's belief, right? That yeah. you uh, you continue to live, that you're not, that death isn't the final step, that there is mm-hmm. some continuation after that. So go ahead. And then he also he also has rings. Like there, there's certain like details. Like for example, um, mm-hmm. he has rings on his arm, and I think those are those are dates. That that's how old he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then some little details. I think when he's um, she gives him a pen. Um, I think towards the middle of the movie when she's in the hospital room, and then in the beginning ish of the movie, he has that pen, but it's like badly worn out. So mm-hmm. it's um, it's badly worn out with. The space monk, right? He's, he's yeah with the space monk. He's inking himself, he's himself, right? It gives the impression that I mean, it kind of culminates because at the end of the movie, or not at the end of the movie, like three fourth of it, uh, when she dies, uh, he goes to um, the lady and he's and his 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 um, his boss, and he's like, "Look, death is a disease like any other, and 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 he has to find a cure, and ultimately he does find a cure, and um, he becomes the space like space monk so in the y- sense that." You want to go with a literalist interpretation, right? That Tommy has found a cure to aging, which he does in the movie. They talk yeah, about but, the developments mm-hmm. with the drug and how it's stopping aging, but not uh, it doesn't cure cancer, but it stops aging. So you no, think but Tommy at the very has, end, they say that it is shrinking the tumor. It is, but it's too late for Izzy. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's um, too late for Izzy, but like it's still a quote-unquote cure. It, it, it makes humans immortal, um, essentially. And that's the way, that's why he's able to... I mean, if I think if it was in his mind, which I, you know, at some point I was thinking about it, but mm-hmm. why would those details need to be there? You know, the the rings on his arm, the uh, the badly worn out pen, uh, stuff like that. I am more in line with Usher here. I did not think it was just purely metaphorical. I thought it was a real timeline. It was post death, Tommy, but pre rebirth, Tommy. So the middle stage between this life and the afterlife okay there's a lot of stuff mentioned during the movie how um death is the what is it death is an act of creation oh and yes death is the road to awe right when he's making his journey to shababa and he he only i guess is reborn obviously he enters shababa but it's also after the tree dies right Mm -hmm. and he kind of comes to terms with the regrets he had and once he like is at peace with his life with his uh, life on earth then he's reborn and that visual is him literally becoming part of the shibaba nebula he, right? he leaves the tree bubble into his yeah, smaller bubble and he like goes into the nebula or the star and then the star explodes yeah, he, like, disintegrates into the nebula yeah <laughs> and he becomes part of it pretty much so like he's being reborn with that with that nebula that's how i saw it and i, th- I saw it as like a literal thing mm-hmm. like it was only once he came to the realization of you know letting go of some closure because mm-hmm. he he loses izzy right the tree dies i agree that that was izzy or represents izzy at the very least um and once he he lets go he's able to find that peace and he's able to leave the bubble and be reborn within shibaba sure so you're suggesting Tommy has not been at peace for millennia that he's been traveling through space and he finally accepts the finality of life. He, he did die on Earth. Yeah. Um, and then this is like that journey to the afterlife. Oh, and okay. you don't reach it until you are at peace. So you're that's kind so of you saw it. this as like a, a soul of Tommy in this bubble. Uh, 
yeah, I guess uh, a soul represented in a body space monk. <laughs> All right. Huh. Yeah, that, that, that's interesting. Uh, again, I, I don't, I don't think I necessarily agree with that. Uh, I think it is a bit more literal. I think he is that he never died on Earth. That he just continued living and going to this spaceship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think he died. I think that he he achieved his ultimate goal. And I I I think with the whole the dying of, of Izzy part is is interesting because she dies twice and and she dies twice very tragically because you have the scene where basically he um he's working very hard to develop a cure for his wife's illness and um the 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 second he does literally the second he figures out uh the cure like they, he mm-hmm. finds out that the cure works at that very moment is when she dies and it's this it's immensely tragic because. It's like right when you have everything uh, is yeah. when you lose everything. At the same time, when right when he's about to reach uh, Shapalba, that's exactly when the tree dies. You know, it doesn't die before, but the second death of that tree happens right mm-hmm. when he needs it to be alive. Yeah, I thought that that stuff was interesting, and and I guess um, yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of it. You know, if it's like more of like um, his soul kind of going through this process. Uh, it, it requires more thinking on my part, I think. I like that interpretation of the second death. I saw that more metaphorically, but yeah, it's interesting. I'll have to kind of reframe some things to view it that way. So yeah, Usher, I agree with you. I think there's two de- deaths for Izzy. The first one in the on Earth, and then the second one in that as a tree in that uh, little bubble. Like This is going to hit on one of the themes of the movie, right? It's just very simple. It's cherishing what you have now. And we see throughout the movie in the Tommy timeline when he's the doctor that he's so determined to finding this cure that he's not cherishing the moments the last moments he has left on earth with izzy and even like you know his boss is like what are you doing here you should be with izzy after she has a stroke yeah there's a scene where izzy pops into his office and she's like it's the first snow come out to you know to spend time with and they replay that like four times right he's missing it every time like as in he except for the last time yeah it's at the very end of the movie where he decides you know what i'm gonna run out there and um that's that's why i think it is well maybe i I guess what usher is saying is also very plausible that he just never died because he's recalling that uh, moment where he had the chance to go with her rather than go into the surgery room because it's right before he comes to peace at the tree in the bubble as a space monk. He's imagining him going outside with Izzy and walking in the snow. So maybe that's true. But in general, the whole point is he needs to cherish what he has. And even after the tree dies, after Izzy's second death, he understands that. He comes to that realization, like, I should have cherished what I had mm-hmm. when I had it. That's like when he's at peace, more or less. And cause it's like the first time he smiles. Like he smiles at the very end, as a space monk at least. Mm. Usher gave like a very literalist interpretation, right? That Tommy never dies, that he because he has a cure to uh immortality, that he mm-hmm. continues to live as a space monk. To me, whether or not that's the case, it kinda hinges on one thing. Did Tommy accept um Izzy's death? I think he does. In that scene at the very end where he plants the seed on Izzy's grave, that's a f- that's a form of him mm-hmm. accepting Izzy's death. And so if he's come to peace with the fact that death is necessary, I don't think he would have sought immortality. He would have died there. And what we were seeing as Space Monk Tommy, that was more of a mental abstraction. It, it kind of hints to like why I thought maybe that Space Monk stuff is is just his journey to the afterlife. Mm, okay. As Whatever a, that may be. Sure. Like. And here they interpret it as like the Mayan um, version of it, right? Sure. That so 
that the dead souls are going towards Shababa. Yeah, and that's where they were reborn. Yeah, that, 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 that is actually very interesting. Um, and when I was watching this movie, I, I was thinking, because, you know, this guy's a, he's like a, a scientist, you know, he knows how medicine works. He knows how things really dawned on him when, when his wife was, um, when she couldn't feel, didn't have sensitive, sensitivity mm. to hot and cold. But the thing is that this guy's a doctor, you know, he knows how medicine works. He knows that things have to be approved uh, you can't just like a random compound and inject it into a, a monkey, right? And a human being, you know. Uh, and he does play very right. loose with that stuff with with the monkey. Um, but he he's got to know at some point deep down inside that he this stuff's never gonna make it. And so it kind of makes you wonder, like, because he's very aggravated and angry throughout. It, it, it's a part of his denial, right? Yeah, it's this type of weird denial, kind of slashish, you know, acceptance that. He fundamentally cannot do anything. And mm-hmm. I think that that's when I mentioned hubris, mm-hmm. you know, is that like he, he he's losing his wife. That's fine. But I think his lack of control, because he does seem like a very controlling guy, right? In the lab and this and that. And so, and this is not, this is not an interpretation that I'm going to give as like the general interpretation, just something else that sure. I was thinking, because he has fundamentally no control. He's, he's faced with his own immortality and it's manifest most in his wife. But he was kind of like already, like there's just no way he'd, it didn't occur to him already that, you know, she's going to die, this and that. And uh, there's no way he thought in his head that he's going to take this, um, you know, this serum and then like inject it into her at the hospital or something like that. Like this stuff takes time mm-hmm. to make, you know, uh, to make it to market this and that. And so I think if he had found that to be a cure, he would have taken a chance and he would have accepted the consequences, the the uh, the consequences, meaning he would have lost his license to practice whatever he was doing, whether he was a medical doctor or scientist, he would have, he would, he would have accepted the consequences to his professional life to save Izzy. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I don't know. I mean, because like this, this element of hubris just really stands out. Like when at the end, because the, 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 the conquistador, when he's, when he stabs yeah. the tree and he, he puts some on his mm-hmm. wound uh, and his wound heals. I mean, he could have just left it there, but like he just got yeah, really greedy, yeah. and he just he just drinks a lot of it. Um, and there's some interesting image the imagery there also. I think it's a callback to the Garden of Eden, right? And they mention it briefly in the story as well that the tree of life from the Garden of Eden was lost because of uh, because of greed, essentially. So I, I'm not sure about this. So there's two trees, right? The tree of knowledge, tree of life, which is so they're saying the tree of life is the one that was taken out of heaven and hid in and, on, on the yeah, earth that's yeah. what they say right okay by the way just before we move on did you guys have any thoughts on the ring because i mean there is like throughout the movie there's like this imagery of like kind of like a mm-hmm. ring structure yeah. or something circular but why does he lose his ring like whatever happens to it, like he leaves his ring in the same exact yeah. spot while he's I, I don't remember them talking about what happened to his ring uh i mean he says you know i leave it in the same exact spot and suddenly he doesn't have his ring anymore and um uh, and he never finds it either, actually. Um, I see it as as it, what it literally is symbolizing in our general culture, right? Which is um, a symbol of commitment. And he, him losing that ring, I read it as him, same thing, focusing his efforts and time on the wrong thing. It should have been like, hey, like if he he's losing the ring, meaning he's losing his commitment to what he really should be doing is spending time with Izzy's izzy while she's uh while she's dying that's just how i saw it like literally mm, like that yeah. and then he has a regret of it because then he obviously uh tattoos the ring on himself because he realizes well i should have been with izzy the whole time so um as izzy's dying she's had a seizure and 
Tommy sent out of the room while the doctors try to revive her. He's in the hallway and he sees a man. He's shaking in his bed and he's wearing a ring. Mm-hmm. And at that point, Tommy notices the his own missing ring. So does yeah. Tommy see himself in that character? Is that interpretation you guys took? I think it's just a reminder again that he he messed up that he because he took off that ring initially to do that surgery right Mm -hmm. he shouldn't have been doing that he should have gone out for that walk with izzy he should have never lost the ring i don't know like it's i'm seeing it very simplistically like that maybe there's more i don't know and then and then obviously the image of a dying man is gonna it's gonna shake him sure usher did you have anything about the ring i i don't know really what to make of the guy with the ring i mean with the fact that yes the camera does show his ring i i when i looked at that i'm just like you have this guy who's deathly afraid of death unable to cope with it and that's just another added thing which makes him terrified i mean this the whole thing is basically him afraid of death either his wife's or his own or something and so that was just like difficult image to see you have this old guy who's trying to say something but he has a tube in his mouth and he's he's not able to say anything and it's kind of just this really distressing distressing imagery kind of just you know imposed on the main character and he's just like dang this is like i i I don't want this yeah Um, i mean he even says like how death is just a disease like any other and it needs a cure like he he has not accepted death as a part of reality whatsoever i wanted to ask uh and i this might be a bit more rated r but the tree of life, when what, it, it looks very, it looks very biological. If you get my, if you get my drift, and like it falls really on the earth, and then from that, mm-hmm. you know, life sprouts. You're talking mm-hmm. about the the sap. The sap, yeah. You know what sure. it looked like. <laughs> yeah, um, I heard yeah. that. No, I had the same thought. <laughs> yeah, and then um, there was another scene uh, referring to kind of similar images. Um, so the space monk, he's traveling in a spaceship. As it's approaching Shibalba, we see like concentric circles and it kind of looks like a womb, I guess. Hmm. Uh, but what's the overall point? It's like we see these images. What are we supposed to make of it? He's about to be reborn. So maybe you're right. That is a womb, I guess, or an egg Yeah. in a womb. Yeah, no, but Usher, I, I noticed that too. It's interesting how the, the director kind of plays with, with this with this type of, um, you know, this type of image. Oh, for sure. It's like the little details, right? But the the connections. I mean, I, I'm assuming that's what sap yeah. looks like also. But like. Oh, I would mention, or both of you guys mentioned how Izzy is the tree in, right. the, in the Space Monks bubble. I mean, I think the most clear evidence for that is when he talks to the tree, he's talking to it as if it is Izzy and the hairs like come up. Right. And it's literally the same exact way when he talks to Izzy when they're in bed together and he's like whispering into her neck. I mean, her hairs mm-hmm. don't come up the same way, but the imagery is like very identical. Mm-hmm. And there's also a scene in the bathtub where Izzy's laying the bathtub. I think the prior scene is actually of the tree. And they like visually blend the tree's bark and Izzy's skin together. And it's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on to try to like draw that conclusion that Izzy is a tree. The tree is Izzy. Oh, but then I have one question. Why is he eating from that tree, the space monk? Because it's nourishment. It's giving him life. I, you know, I, I also thought that it had something to do with, you know, uh, the guy, uh, the, the guide was telling her that, you know, when, when a sparrow or a bird or something eats from the fruits, mm. then it becomes part so I was thinking that he was eating the tree kind of in this very like, so that it becomes kind of part of him. Uh, but that's a bit loose of an interpretation. And I think it might be better just to think of it as nourishment, maybe um, despite 
solving death. He might still need something, you know, um, by, by means of uh, sure. nourishment. I saw um, online another reviewer had pointed it out. I would have never known this because I don't know. I don't know too much about Christianity, but there's where he's eating the bark. Someone drew mm-hmm. that similarity to what is it called? Sacra- it's a sacrament. When they have the wine and yeah. bread piece, whatever. Yeah. The stuff yeah. that Catholics do. Yeah, that, that that's also an interesting thing, I think. Um, kind of like the the, the, uh, the blood and, and, and flesh of Christ. And, you know, he's kind of eating the flesh of, you know, his uh, his wife's flesh. It becomes part of mm-hmm. him. I will say that I did enjoy this movie, right? I mentioned that watching it for the second time, it was a lot better than what I remembered it being. But it, it just really depends on who you are as a person and what your mindset is going into that movie. Because one, you kind of have to pay attention a lot because a lot of the cues are visual. You know, we really haven't talked so much about the Conquistador story. Again, I do feel like there's not as much to talk about because I think it's more or less a bridge between the reality story and the space story. It it kind of blends those two. two, Or it it provides context for those What do you make of the Conquistador unwillingly going to his death? You know, he thinks he's he's got immortality on his hands with drinking the sap. You see the terror on his face as things are sprouting from his body and he's dying. Yeah, so I think Usher hit it perfectly. Like It's just his greed, his hubris there where he's like, oh, I'm going to live forever, so I'm going to drink as much of this as I can. And theoretically, isn't he living forever now because he's part of the earth and he's just going to be... Sure alive like through through the but it's just not what he thought it would be yeah it's interesting right because tommy in the present day has completed the story so he's writing this part as this conquistador unwillingly going to his death i think for tommy writing Mm. this he's kind of describing his past framework of how he viewed death so he's describing how um he was previously unwilling right that he's he was previously unwilling to accept death and he's writing it almost as his past well so what do you think do you think that is he presenting is it tying back to his own cure that he found and maybe it backfires a certain way it could be yeah i can see that honestly the more we talk about all this it makes me believe usher's literal sense that he just continues living that he continues living yeah it's attractive because he does find the cure but i just go back to that scene where he plants the seed if he's uh if he's somewhat accepted his death at that point i see no reason why he would continue on leaving um living for that long just to go to shibalba and to make the same conclusion that is he's dead that he already made yeah, on Earth. exactly yeah. that makes sense we see tommy uh, writing the final chapter of uh, Izzy's story only as Tommy as a space monk, right? We don't see present-day Tommy kind of finishing the story, like penning it out. What do you make of that? I th- kind of thought of it this way, that space monk Tommy is kind of like a future Tommy, so he's accepting it at some point later in his life, present while present-day Tommy hasn't accepted it. So at some point in the future, uh, he's ready to write the final chapter. I, I did think that it was present-day Tommy mm-hmm. that actually finished the story. I didn't think... They never show him writing it at, in the space bubble. He's only using that pen to tattoo himself. Right, but then he's receiving messages um, from Izzy. Like, finish it, finish it. To finish he's it. He's hearing those, the voice, yeah, as he's floating through space. Well, I think at that point, well, she also says finish it in real life, right? She does. And I think right. at that, when she says it in real life, she's saying it for him to finish the book. I think when she's, when he's hearing it over and over in the space bubble, it's because... It's a lingering memory? It's his, it's, it's his own death. He needs to have closure to finish it, to move on to the next thing. Like, I just think he's stuck in this little space until he comes to peace terms with himself and death okay. or reality yeah. so that's what how i 
interpreted that finish it in the bubble because I, I did think he finished the story itself. But the story, like on Earth, it means the story. In the bubble, it means your own acceptance of reality. Sure. That's how I interpreted it. Yeah, I, I think I, I agree with that interpretation more. It's, it's more likely, more viable an interpretation, I think. So even though there's a little bit of disagreement on how we interpret things, I think we can all agree that no matter how you're interpreting certain things, we come to the same conclusion, which is eventually Tani accepts um, you know, the finality of death. Izzy's death, we can't come to the same conclusion. So I liked how the movie inherently doesn't need much hand-holding. Yeah, surprisingly it doesn't. Considering how abstract all this stuff is, it really doesn't need... Like again, like you said, didn't need that expo exposition in the mm -hmm. dialogue at all. You you guys were mentioning the writing and on his arm, and initially I took this to be rings yeah. of, of his age, like mm -hmm. a tree, yeah. you know. But and then uh, she constantly, because basically he's having these memories of her, and you know he spent his entire life thinking about this one woman and like obsessing over her, and she keeps saying, "Finish it, finish it." And and I I I wonder if perhaps he's writing the story on his own oh that's an interesting observation very loose uh, um uh, interpretation of that i definitely um, think that space monk tommy at that point he's he's finally writing the the chapter the final chapter of the book so i interpreted it as finish it at finishing tommy finishing the story at some point in the future that he's his acceptance of death comes sometime later after present day tommy we finish off present day tommy's story but it's somehow in the future just curious, how many times have you seen this movie? <laughs> I, you know, I do a khatam of it like uh, <laughs> once every year, or maybe once every other year. But I've watched it, or that's what I tell myself. But I probably watched it eight times. Okay, life. I wow. Think, I think I've seen it about as many, maybe, maybe closer oh to like God. five, five or six at least. You guys are crazy. This is my second time only. <laughs> so when I, you know, it's a short movie. It is a short. It's a short movie. When I first watched it in two thousand eight, I in that same year I watched it. I think three times. And then over the years, I, every other, I, I don't know, every three years I watch it, I guess. Yeah, the soundtrack is amazing. I, I, I listen to the soundtrack, even when I write. I mean, Death is a Rota, that particular soundtrack, yeah. like, just the way it builds up, like, even when it's in the movie itself, or like, it kind of, you think it reaches its, like, climax. I don't know what the music term, terms are, but then it pauses, and then it's like, just there's no noise, and then boom, there's like, this explosion and then there's all this noise and you can elevate it to this next level of musical experience but at the same time in the movie like that's when the star explodes and he just kind of just like he has this weird smile on his mm -hmm. face as like his body's like going through that weird mm -hmm. thing and he's just like experiencing this kind of different new and i think the way the movie put those the music and the imagery together was just amazing it yeah, was it was no for sure i think clint mansell is like very very talented all right. Um, I think we're at a good spot here. Yeah, I think we mentioned everything. Yeah, so I'll just say that this movie is an interesting watch. It's it is a good watch. Again, if you are a Darren Aronofsky fan, you'll probably like it. Um, it is pretty abstract. There's a lot of visual themes and motifs that you need to pay attention to. Um, the writing is not all that, but it's deliberate. It's important. Um, it is clunky. Uh, entertainment wise, I, I still don't know if this is an entertaining movie, but it doesn't necessarily need to be entertaining for it to be a good piece of art. And I think this is a good piece of art. All right. So we'll leave it at that. Usher, thank you for being the very first guest on the Twice Over Movies podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I, I, I really enjoyed this conversation and I, I'm looking forward to hearing more conversations like this with, uh, with guests because 
of course guests are a bit more invested in in the movie that they ask for recommendations than 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 the hosts <laughs> um so it kind of it, it, it it ba- maybe, I don't want to say balances it out, but adds a different perspective to the conversation. So again, thank you so much for having me. It was great having you. Thanks for listening to this production of The Twice Over. If you haven't already, subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcast. And remember to support us on Patreon or by sharing the podcast with a friend. Feel free to contact us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at The Twice Over. Or email us at comments at thetwiceover.com. All of the music you heard is from Amerigo Gasway. Check him out on Bandcamp and Spotify.